What's up, everyone, and welcome to the show. Before we get this episode started, I want to talk to you guys about Ready Nutrition. Ready Nutrition is for athletes who love to outwork the odds. They are a sports nutrition brand that not only has great products, but more importantly, has a great message, and that is why I am super grateful to be working with them as a brand ambassador. Anyone that knows me knows that I am very particular about what I put into my body. I want minimal ingredients, no sugar, all natural and high protein foods that help fuel my workouts and my day, and Ready Nutrition is exactly that. They have a full lineup of supplements like protein powder, protein bars, protein puffs, and protein water. The Ready Protein Water is one of the most unique items I've ever seen. There is no sugar, 1 gram of carbs, 0 grams of fat, and 15 grams of protein per bottle. They are the perfect pre or post workout drink or if you just need a snack with extra protein. Oh, and they taste amazing. I want to work with brands who share the same values as me, and Ready Nutrition does exactly that. Hard work conquers all, and it's not about where you start, it's about where you finish. I have a special offer for all my listeners. If you go to readyismade.com and use my referral code, ANTHONYP20, you can save 20% off your first order. Then, once you love the product as much as I do, you can go back to readyismade.com and order more while using my code in the referral box when you get to checkout. This will help support me and also help Ready Nutrition know who sent you. I wouldn't recommend a product if I didn't fully believe in it, so head to readyismade.com and try it out today. That's readyismade.com, R-E-A-D-Y-I-S-M-A-D-E. Dot com and use my referral code Anthony P twenty A N T H O N Y P twenty to save twenty percent off your first order and then when you go back enter my code again in the referral box and that shows that you support me and it also shows that you support Ready Nutrition. I appreciate it. Um, I think you guys are gonna love the products just as much as I do. I definitely would give it a try, especially the protein water. It's one of the one of the best products I've ever used, and, and I've used a lot over the course of my life. I appreciate you guys. Let's dive into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Mike, Coach Mike Shaughnessy joining me. And, uh, Coach, first and foremost, thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, talk to me. I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you uh, taking the time. Thanks for having me on, Coach. No problem. Looking, I'm looking forward to it. So I know that you know you're the director of, at uh, See the Rim. Um, you have coffee and hoops. You, you know, you, you're kind of your hands are in a lot of different uh, baskets, I guess we could say. So I just kind of want want to give you a little bit of time in the beginning to kind of just touch on everything that you got going on right now. Um, I know that your guys' seasons just kind of kicked off uh, relatively soon, so you just wrapped up your uh, preseason stuff, so just kind of touch on a little bit of that, and then just kind of touch on anything else you want to make sure that people know um, about you, if, they, if they're not familiar with you, and then we'll dive into some other stuff. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so middle school, I'm, I'm here in uh, New Jersey, so uh, middle school started up about a week, two weeks ago, and then the high school season starts today with tryouts and practice and everything like that. Um, like you said, I'm the director of player development at uh, See the Rim Basketball Academy in Toms River, New Jersey, which is the central part of the state. Um, just basically run all the programs there from youth to the high school level. Um, we had a really good uh, 
preseason with all of our kids. Uh, obviously, we're going to continue to have programs going into the winter, um, but it was just really good. I got started with that in August, uh, and it's been it's been an incredible experience thus far. Again, learning a lot uh, just on how to run that facility and the academy itself, and then uh, everyone that I work with. Um, so obviously got that going on. I do, I still do academies and different workouts outside of that, uh, you know, where I live locally. Um, and then the coffee and hoops thing is, uh, you know, I started that up and, you know, I'm still learning how to go about it. But again, like, you know, I love, uh, I'm a big coffee drinker. Uh, probably have like two to three cups every morning. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I just gets my day going. And then, uh, I usually like to start off. It's just something that I've been doing. It's been a routine of mine since I got actually in the coaching and, and, uh, player development is I just like to start off my morning by, you know, trying to read an article or, you know, watching something basketball related, uh, just to kind of, you know, get me either motivated for the day or just something new. Um, cause I'm always trying to learn different things. Uh, you know, so something something new that I can pick up on or things like that so uh so that's where that concept came from and again it's still a work in progress uh but um I've gotten pretty good feedback from it thus far but again in terms of growing it uh, I still got a long way to go yeah so just kind of like staying on that topic like where do you kind of see that going in terms of like like what do you want that to kind of become uh I mean obviously I want it to be you know so like the concept itself, uh, again, for me, like waking up with a cup of coffee and then obviously diving into some basketball. Uh, so I think, uh, for that, I want it to be the same thing for other coaches. I know just being, you know, from my co- you know, being in the coaching world and, uh, and obviously, you know, through training, you know, coaches, you know, coaches are grinding, they're putting in a lot of hours and I know that there's a lot of a lot of cups of coffee going in with that to keep them going. Um, so I, I want to just give back uh, with, you know, different pieces of content and things like that to other coaches uh, just based off my experiences, my knowledge. And again, that's going to be from uh, player development to film breakdowns to, you know, any, any other different things, um, stuff like that. Uh, you know, so I basically, that's what I want it to be. I want it to be a, more of a, you know, a free platform where it's just, again, just content for coaches to kind of just, you know, take in, soak in and learn from, uh, cause I'm just in, again, I'm a, I'm big on just being a lifelong learner and trying to learn something different every day. I don't think, you know, again, I've been in the, I've been in the business for a very short period of time. Um, but I know like, you know, I've spoken to coaches that have been in it for 20, 30 years, and they're always trying to learn something new every day. So um, I think that's, you know, that that's where it's going to get to. You know, if it, you know, I'm not worried about, uh, you know, I'm not worried about, you know, how big it grows and things like that. I, I just know that the following that it will have, um, as long as I'm giving those people uh, the content and it's helping them then that's going to make me uh, satisfied. Yeah, yeah, and I and I love that name because, like you said, I could relate to the to the coffee and the. <laughs> I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a caffeine addict. I hate to admit that, but yeah. <laughs> I, unfortunately, you know how that goes. You got to something got to keep you running when you're up late or uh, and you know yeah. go to bed late and then you're up early. That's uh 
That, that's definitely tough. But you, you you touched on film, and I know you got a lot of good film stuff like on your YouTube and on your Instagram and stuff like that. So if I'm a player, you know, and I'm listening to you, you know, talking right now, what would you say? I know this is kind of a loaded question, but as far as watching film, like as a coach, what are you looking for? And then like what could players, you know, if they don't have the luxury of like, you know, sitting down with a guy like you or a coach to watch film, what could they look for? You know, in terms of rather than just, you know, kind of having the game on and on their phones, like like what kind of stuff could they look for to help them, you know, in terms of not their own game, like they're not watching film of their of themselves, they're watching college, they're watching pro, they're watching whatever they're watching, kind of what could they be looking for if they're looking to get better? Right. Uh, so, you know, I try to, you know, I try to break it down into different parts because obviously there's a lot uh you know, there's a lot of things that go on throughout throughout a game, and uh, you know, in terms of teaching a player, uh, you know, I, I like to just be able to break it down into different parts of the game, whether it's you know, off ball movement, screening, uh, ball screen action, different things like that. You know, if we're uh, talking about, you know, it depends what you're talking about. If we're talking about having them look at looking at uh, specific nuances with skills. You know, whether it's, you know, footwork or, you know, you know, finishes or different things like that. Uh, you know, I try to break it down in terms of looking at the footwork, looking at the angles, uh, looking at the pace, you know, in terms of how these players, you know, how the players play. Um, if we're talking strictly about actions and different concepts, again, I think it all needs to be broken down for the player because there's so much that goes on during a game and there's so much for them to understand. And again, it's all, you know, for us as coaches, it's, you know, we, we consider it simple stuff for the kids. It can be very complex, especially with the details that go into it. And I think, you know, if we're trying to teach the players through film and what they need to look at, I think you need to break it down into different components. So for me, I like to break it down into, you know, if we're talking about player development, then we're talking about, you know, certain moves. We're talking about footwork. We're talking about finishes. We're talking about the shot preparation, you know, uh, you know, off ball movement, you know, how these guys are utilizing screens, how they're utilizing uh, movement without the ball in terms of relocating, respacing. Uh, again, that's a lot just from the player development side, you know, for these guys to see. And then obviously you want to talk about, you know, maybe the different concepts, you know, like how to utilize a ball screen action, whether they're the ball handler, whether they're the screener, you know, dribble handoffs, uh, pin downs, you know, I think there's a lot to touch on with players. And sometimes we try to throw a lot at them. Uh, I think the, the, the less that, you know, less is more. So again, if you try to just break it down, you know, piece by piece, I think it will really help them. But again, like what kids look at on TV when they watch basketball, and this is something that I, you know, that you need that we also have to try to help players with. They love looking at the guy with the ball, you know, and we got to work on, you know, especially how I approach the film with players and what players need to look at is the stuff without the basketball. So when it comes to showing players film, and I know obviously, coaches and then you know for myself as a player development coach you know utilizing film as a big platform and resource for them you know the more that you can show them off the ball will really help them understand because i remember when i was playing 
And when I was, you know, before film was even introduced to me, I was always looking at the basketball and there were so many different things that you were open, you know, that opened my eyes to when the, my coach in college started showing us film. He started showing us different things, you know, you know, from the defensive side, the offensive side, you know, with the people without the basketball, and, you know, and it just opens up a whole different point of view uh, to try to sh- have players understand and view the game from that perspective, I think will really help them, uh, you know, enhance their IQ. And uh, that's what, you know, aside from all the different, you know, skills and things like that, that you can utilize film for from a player development side. I think the biggest part is trying to help these kids just understand the game, you know, with the guys involved without the basketball. Yeah. And I I think that not to cut you off, but I think that, um, that could really help in terms of, like you just said, you hit on a great point there at the end with teaching them like how to play. Because that's something that I've noticed uh, with players that I've been working with, younger players particularly. Um, like they don't really know, you know, what like a, a pin down is or a dribble handoff. Like they don't know how to do those little, like the things that in our mind are basic, but, you know, things to them, it's like it's a whole new world, you know. And I think that's huge. So I, I'm happy you hit on that. But kind of going, kind of backtracking a little bit. Then I know you do academies, and you know, without getting too specific, you know, what like what kind of curriculum do you follow for those academies? I'm sure you kind of have your right. own way of of kind of doing things. So like, what are some things that that you make sure you touch on? And then kind of once we talk a little bit about that, I wanted to ask you too, and you could hit on this whenever you want. But in your opinion, like, what is the most overtaught skill, and then what is the most undertaught skill? Because I think those are two big things that um, I'm kind of interested to hear your take on. Because I think that I obviously I I, I have my opinion and I, and I kind of want to hear what yours is. But kind of first, you know, explain your curriculum a little bit as much as you know you can without going into too much detail, and then kind of hit on that if you wouldn't mind. Right. Um, first of all, I just got to tell you, uh, I tend to go off on a tangent a little bit when I talk, so I do apologize. No, um, no, please, 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 please. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, I'll keep just talking. Sometimes I go in circles, but, uh, from, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, from my, the curriculum standpoint, um, I just try to break, I, I break it down into, uh, again, four different components. I got, uh, you know, first is breakdowns. So, Obviously, everything that I try to do with, and it doesn't matter. It it, it depends. It, it could be youth players, and it could range all the way up to you know pro players. It just depends on you know the breakdown in in terms of you know how you break up a uh, how a workout changes, especially for your youth and then your pros. So like again, I think I try to start every workout, and this is how our, uh, my curriculum is based. Is I try to start everything with breakdowns, specifically with footwork. You know, so again, like whatever the focus is for that day, I try to just spend, you know, if it's youth, it's you're going to be spending a chunk of time. If it's, you know, the higher level players, you know, you're not spending as much time. Um, But again, I'd like to um, just really get into just footwork breakdowns. I think footwork, again, that's the foundation in my in my opinion for a player. If nothing they're going to do can be very effective if they don't have uh, if they don't have really good footwork. Um, again, I try to tell players all the time, you don't have to be, you know, the fastest, you don't have to jump the highest, you know, you don't have to have all that. Obviously it'd be great if you do, but if you just maximize what you have to the best of your ability, you can be very effective. So I think that stems a lot from just having really good footwork. 
So we do a lot. I do a lot of breakdowns. So it could be from, you know, ball handling uh, to finishing to shooting again, just and, it, and this is stuff that's really close to the basket without the basket. Uh, so we have a whole we have a you know a whole program and it goes in progressions you know you start with you know not not using the basket at all and then you progress all the way to being close around the basket um and then we get into game reps uh you know taking that footwork or whatever you're working on and now moving it out to game spacing and then maybe incorporating that same footwork into you know different concepts throughout the game um and again this is all you know, this is all just without defense at first. And then I really like to progress everything into situational games. So a lot of what I've been doing over the past year, year and a half. And again, I've learned over time as I've, you know, been in the business and I've been, you know, with, you know, doing player development is I've started to incorporate a lot more situational based games into my training and into my workouts. So, you know, when I built my curriculum, I went through this, this is the process and it's all progressionary going from footwork, uh, progressing out the game spots and getting those game reps and then getting right into situational games where now these players can, you know, again, whatever the focus is for the day can, you know, we can hit the footwork, we can hit the game reps and the spots, and then we can take that into situational games from one-on-one all the way up to four-on-four you know, where, again, they have to utilize that footwork. They have to utilize whatever we've been working on and then try to translate it into those games. And it, and obviously that helps with not just applying, you know, those skills, but now you're, you know, enforcing uh, decision making and working on different reads that they have to make within the game. Um, and that's basically how it, uh, the curriculum is built. And I think for myself, just been, uh, you know, been using it for, again, it's been short period of time. I've seen so much more progress, uh, from the, again, from everyone that I've worked with that have been a part of these programs and academies that I've, that I've run where we've implemented this. Uh, I've seen so much, you know, I've, again, I gotten good feedback, but I've, again, from the player's perspective, they really enjoy it. They really see the improvement. They see the progress. And I think that's what it's all about. Um, you know, to touch on your point, what's the most overused or underused uh, skills that uh, players work on? I mean, I think the most overused thing or the most, you know, the thing that I see the most, you know, just on social media is, uh, you know, we try to give players all these, you know, we try to give players all these moves. And I think, you know, it's great to work on a ton of different moves and things like that. But again, like I think when you, it comes back to footwork and actually applying it to a, to a game, if I'm trying to work on getting a kid, you know, like 10 to 15 moves, uh, you know, I just don't, they're probably only going to use two of them. So you're wasting time on, you know, say eight to 13 other moves. You know, yeah. I think the most important thing is aside from, trying to teach kids moves is just understanding how to play with good change of pace. Um, again, making quick moves with that pace, um, you know, and then going off that. So all I try to, when I, when I talk about moves for myself, I only try to touch on misdirection and hesitation, uh, two ways. And that's, again, I, I think that's, again, there's, and then you just try to build on like maybe two moves with the misdirection 
two moves with the hesitation. And if you can get them to really, uh, again, excel at the footwork and then really see them be able to just apply those things to situational based games, uh, I think they will definitely have confidence going into their, uh, you know, to, into their games, being able to utilize those moves. Um, so I do think when we talk about, you know, when we see all this stuff on social media about people, you know, these kids working on this move and that move and all this stuff, I think it's extremely overused um, just because I, I just don't see them using all those moves, you know, within a game and being consistent or being very effective. Because I think, you know, if I'm going to try to teach a kid 15 moves or doesn't whatever, you know, whatever the number is, you know, that's a lot of time that we're spending on that and not a lot of time spending on what I think is underused. And that's actually teaching these kids how to play basketball, you know, the off ball movement, you know, like, you know, when I pass the ball, you know, am I relocating? Am I going to screen? Am I cutting, you know, uh, the spacing, you know, the biggest thing I see kids struggle with is spacing. You know, we all, especially when you get into like the high school level, you know, we talk about having great spacing and you just start to see them as they play because they don't understand the game. They start to see them shrink the floor where we started outside the three. And next thing you know, as the ball moves and they cut and they screen and, and all that, they're now everyone's inside the three point line, you know, and having them understand like that spacing, how to understand how to move without the ball you know, and all those different things, uh, that takes a lot of time to teach them and have them understand that. So, you know, and I think, you know, as, especially from the player development standpoint, uh, I can speak on, you know, we don't, we don't see a lot of people trying to help these kids work in those areas and understanding those things, because, you know, for me, you know, not being in the, as a player development coach, I'm just trying to put the kids in the best situation to, one succeed when they get to the season, when they get with their, their uh, teams and their organizations or, and then, uh, you know, two, like I want them to be able to understand what their coaches are going to be teaching them, you know? So understanding when I go set a screen that I have the option to, to slip, I have the option to pop if the cutter doesn't use the screen, like, you know, and that goes for, you know, I could touch on a different, a bunch of different concepts and actions and things like that. But a lot of time goes into that and uh, the more time you spend on, you know, and then again, we haven't even, I haven't even talked about the defensive side of the ball yet, you know, in terms of rotations and, you know, how to keep an def- uh, offensive player in front of you and that footwork and things like that. There's so much that goes into it and we spend, you know, I think, you know, when we talk about overuse, I think, you know, we see a lot of, you know, kids working on moves or separation shots and things like that, you know, and ultimately, you know, if I, if I'm teaching kids that and that's the habits they've built, that's what they're going to go into their seasons using, you know, and whether it translates or not, it's, you know, in my opinion, it's just not, it's, it's not developing them to be really consistent and really effective basketball players, you know, no matter what their role is. Um, and I really, I really hang my hat on just trying to teach these kids how to play basketball, uh, how to be confident, and then again, how to translate everything that we work on into game situations. Um, so I do, you know, I think, in my opinion, that's the best way to go about it. But again, I, I mean, I'm not, 
going to disagree with other people's philosophies. Everyone has a different way of teaching it. Um, but you know, that's, that's me. So, yeah, well, um, no. And, and, and even touch on that, that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. And then even on touching on, you know, that subject, I was thinking about the other day, like the amount of points that are scored off strictly isolation really aren't that high. And, and I think a lot of the moves that, that people want to, um, you know, say, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to work on that. It, it's a lot of ISO stuff, you know, and, and uh, most players either A, they're not good enough to play that way or B, the system that they're in, th- that's not going to help them. So if you have a player in the gym like you were talking about and you have them doing a lot of different moves and stuff, then they're going to get to their high school team and they're going to run like a, a motion offense or like a ball screen offense or something and then you spend all that time working on isolation moves, and, and like you mentioned, you wasted a lot of time because you're not really going to get to use that. Like, I, for example, I was watching Villanova-Baylor yesterday, and, I mean, I couldn't tell you, you know, many isolation points that were scored. I get the idea of, you know, you can consider isolation taking a guy off the dribble. I get that, but what I mean by isolation is taking the ball out, waving guys off, and just, you know, dribbling. Like, like that's what I consider isolation, like James Harden. Like, right. that's isolation. And, you know, I'm a fan of James Harden. I understand people have a, you know, a bad, you know, uh, gripe towards him, which, you know, for your, you know, your opinion your opinion. But my thing on that is there's not many James Hardens in the world. You know, like James Harden yeah. can do that. <laughs> James Harden is great. And, right. and and I think that a lot of players want to be like, oh, I could, you know, if he does that, I do that. Like, no, no, no. Like, that's not how it works. Like, you're not James Harden. You know, I hate to break that to you, but you're not. And and that's why I like the fact you brought that up. And, and that's what I'm a big fan of yours in general in terms of how you how detailed you are in what you teach and, and how you really spend a lot of time on that because it shows, you know, throughout the players you've worked with. But then you mentioned the situational games, and I, I definitely wanted to talk to you about that because I've been stealing a ton of stuff from you, and, and I had Damon on. We were talking about it. Um what goes into the thought process between behind those games? Because that's that's interesting to me, and and just watching you guys and the stuff you guys do, that kind of opened a a new level in in my brain, and kind of got the wheels turning a little bit in terms of you know me being a little bit more creative and trying to, trying to come up with some of my own stuff and adding different things and and whatnot. So obviously, like you said, you want to kind of drill what you've been working on and then apply it. But like, what goes what goes into that thought process when you're doing that type of stuff? Right. Uh, well, one, I've learned a ton from uh, from Damon. Um, obviously, we've worked quite closely over the past several years, um, and I've just again a lot of you know a lot of what he's done. I've learned from, and then again, I just try to build off it and uh, try to apply it to you know the players that I'm working with. But I mean. You know, just like I was talking about, uh, you know, the thought process going into that is, again, you just want players to be f- effective and you want them to be consistent. You know, if I'm, you know, I, th- I, I, I add situational, you know, unless it's obviously just a one-on-one workout. If it's, you know, I try to add situational stuff into everything that I'm doing with workouts because, again, I mean, I've spent a lot of time when I first got into player development. I mean, I never did anything, you know, any situational based stuff. And, you know, and then I started seeing, you know, everything that I worked on with a player, it wasn't translating to the game. So, you know, and then again, like once I got into the situational 
games and learning a lot about that and understanding how I wanted to utilize it. Um, it's obviously, again, like I said before, it's been uh, very effective for the players. But the thought process is just essentially just trying to get the players to transfer their skills, you know, as best as they can or, you know, just really allowing the players to play and having to figure out, you know, how to make these reads, how to make the decisions. And then if they make a mistake, learning from it, you know, so for, you know, if we've been repping out and breaking down finishes, you know, for the session, you know, we're going to do one-on-one or one-on-two situational games where they have the finish against the primary defender, or now they have to have, you know, create an advantage against the primary defender and work on finishing against, you know, the secondary defender. And obviously this is all stuff that we, uh, you know, that we talk about and I'll teach and I'll go over with them. Um, but again, like they need to be able to visualize it. They need to be able to play through, you know, within those situations. And they have to understand like that they're in those situations in a game a lot of the time. And it's about now being consistent in those situations, you know, we get, I tell players all the time, especially from, I'm a big, I'm huge on finishing. Um, I think a lot of games are won and lost around the rim. Um, so trying to get them, especially when we're talking about that, trying to get them to really be consistent and really be crafty around the rim so they can be effective and, uh, you know, and obviously have the ball go in more times than, than miss, I think is, is huge. Um, if we're talking about, moving on to say three on three or two on two, that's when I start getting into the, uh, you know, to, into the actions, you know, down screens, handoffs, ball screen action. And obviously that's all stuff that we'll go over before. But again, just the thought process going with, you know, into all that is essentially one, you want to be obviously, you know, have these players work on making reads, making decisions. And then obviously we're not going to, uh, you know, we're not going to also forget about the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, we'll do some things, you know, where the offense has the advantage because you want to focus on that. And then we'll also work on stuff where, you know, where the defense has to just be able to confront and keep the, the ball in front of them. Or when we move on to two on two, three on three, or say four on four, we start talking about how to guard those actions, how our rotations need to be, um, how to, you know, how to successfully you know, get out of a scramble situation and be able to contain the ball. Um, again, this is all stuff that, you know, that I work on with my players and, and all, and, you know, obviously depending on the group and, um, how many players you have, but, uh, that's all stuff I try to get to. And I think just because it's extremely necessary for them to understand those things, because it's all stuff that they're going to see time and time and again, as they continue to play basketball and as they continue to advance their career, you know, so whether they're, whether they never play college basketball or not, or, you know, further, further on from there, if they're just going to play, you know, high school's their last stop at their basketball career, that's all stuff they still need to be able to understand. And that's, what's going to be able to keep them on the floor. Um, you know, and that's what's going to help them be essentially a really good, basketball player no matter where you know where their career ends and uh you know again for me it's just the the whole process going into that is just being able to progress progress from you know from the beginning with footwork and build all the way to those to those areas 
where now, you know, you've built the skill, but you've also now you've built, you know, their understanding for how to utilize it again, you know, in a game situation. And then obviously we're, you know, talking about both sides of the basketball, but, you know, being able to progress all the way from the start to, to that point, um, again, is for, for myself and, you know, for the players that I've worked with has been extremely beneficial and I want to do it any, you know, any other way, obviously you'll continue to learn different, different ways to teach it or different ways, you know, to go about it. But, um, you know, it's been extremely effective and I'm really, you know, I'm obviously excited about it. Um, but it's, it's been great. And that's obviously the whole, the whole, you know, that's how I go about it. Um, and again, like me and, you know, speaking on Damon's behalf, uh, you know, when we get together, we think that's, we think that's, you know, the situational game stuff is that that's it. You know, that's the X factor when it comes to really getting these kids, uh, to really transfer their skills and really be able to see that, you know, you know, ultimately improve, you know, in the different areas that they're working on. Yeah, no. And, and when I was talking to him, he's Damon, he said something that really stuck with me in terms of, you know, boxing the players in and kind of making them do what you want them to do without telling them, you know, do this. And and that that kind of right. really stuck with me because I was the same way. I had players that I would work with and, and, you know, we would, they'd look really good, you know, in like individual workouts, some high school players, some college players, and they'd look really good doing the, you know, the, the footwork or the finish or whatever it is with no one, you know, no one around. They were getting reps at it and it looked good. And then I'd go watch them play, and it'd be like a perfect opportunity to do, you know, that finish or that that move, that footwork, whatever you want to call it, whatever the you know the situation called for, and and they wouldn't do it, and it was frustrating to me because I was like, man, you know, we've worked on that so many times. You should be doing that, you know, like like that's why we work. And then I kind of found, you know, you and Damon and and different guys doing that stuff, and then I kind of have just became oh my, I. I I'll be honest, I became obsessed with it in terms of just thinking about different ways I could do it because I 110% agree what you just said in terms of that is like the missing piece, I think, to the player development because I started doing it like a lot because before I was, you know, drills and, and different things like that. And now, I mean, I take at least, you know, depending on how long the workout is, 25, 20, 30 minutes each you know, workout to really work on that because like you touched on earlier, the kids like it, you know, the high, you know, the players like it. And I really found that they start doing the skill and not even realizing it. You know, like I had a group right. of uh, six high school kids yesterday and we were doing some stuff and it was a, it was a one on two. So it was a, a, a disadvantage for the offense and, and he would beat the first guy, he'd get to the secondary defender and he would do same hand, same foot finish or, you know, two-foot floater, or some, you know, the finishes we've been doing. And they right. didn't even realize they were doing it. You know, I was really nailing them on split catches. I really wanted them to focus yeah. on the split catch. And I had a game where you had to make an extra pass, and then it was live one-on-one. And every time they caught it, that extra pass, they were split catching. And they, I, I mean, I don't, whether they realized it or not, I really didn't care because they were doing it. You know, I think sometimes right. when when you really emphasize, you know, oh, make sure you do this, make sure they they think about it too much, and then you get in your head. Because I know that's how I was as a player. I would. Yeah, you, know, you want? No, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say, yeah, you gotta you gotta let them play a little bit and figure things out. You know, especially if you've been repping it out um, and things like that. You know, you obviously 
you just want you don't you don't want them to be able to obviously utilize it all and just you know figure things out uh you know play through mistakes and uh you know like and like you said like you know you don't want them to think too much you know obviously you've worked on different things but you just want them to be able to go out there within these different things that you're doing and you know in terms of competing in these games and you just want them to kind of have freedom uh you know, the work on different, you know, all the things that you've been working on without them and just allowing them to just play freely and, and figure things out. And I think that's the best part of it. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, I go back to, I think the number one thing too, you know, outside of that and, you know, the development is they, they like it, you know, cause I, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for, you know, you better embrace the boring, you know, and when it comes to player development, it is boring, you know, like that's just how yeah. it is. You're going to do the same stuff you're gonna get a lot of reps you know that that's life i mean i'm not that's not gonna change no matter how you of it there you're one day you're gonna be bored like that's just how it is and i think that adding these games really kind of you know they enjoy it while getting better you know you're not just rolling the ball out right. and saying okay go play three on three you know you're, you're putting them in situations to help them get better and and that's why like i said i've been so obsessed with it because it, it's really helping. Like I, I've been to a few games already this year because you know in Ohio we started our season about a week ago, and I've been to a couple games and and you know a lot of the players are looking really good, and and I think I really give a lot of credit that to those situational games. But kind of right. you know go, moving forward on on this topic, what I know it, it's different for every player, but do you think like younger players are? are better off in group training so that you, so you can do this because I don't know how it is on your end, but on my end, everyone wants, you know, that individual, you know, which I get, but I think there's a time and a place for that. You know, obviously my older guys, I like, you know, getting in the gym with them, you know, alone, maybe a couple other guys, but nothing crazy. But I think when you're younger, getting in the gym, you know, a small group setting, I think that really mm -hmm. is the key. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know, like I said, how it is, you know, for you or what your thought on that is. But, you know, if you wouldn't mind, kind of talk on that, you know, in your opinion on that. Right. Yeah. First, I wanted to touch on when you were talking about the boring, um, you know, I keep everything extremely simple. But when you're talking about the boring, I mean, and keeping it simple, uh, you know, people or players may think that's the case, but as there's so many details that go into the simple, you know, from footwork to, you know, the angles to the spacing, the things like that, that, you know, and I've gotten players and before I touch on, you know, the group, the group stuff with the younger kids, I just wanted to touch on that is, uh, you know, you know, I get a lot of kids that, you know, again, have gone through camps their whole life that have done say one dribble pull-ups or catch and shoots and things like that, you know, and they're still missing those details. Uh, you know, they're missing so many details with the simple. And I think, you know, in this day and age where you see on social media that you see, you know, these kids doing a bunch of different things, you got to revert back to like, you got to be able to do the things that are really going to help you be effective in a game, you know, in different situations. And I think that just comes down to, and I'm not saying that you can't get creative at times, but you got to really make sure that these kids are getting all the necessary details with the simple, with the boring before you can even progress to those, you know, th creative things and those different ways to create a shot or different ways to utilize, 
know, different actions. So I do like the fact, you know, I, I'm, I agree with you at the boring as I try to keep everything extremely simple. Um, again, I think that's obviously, you know, how you got to be able to go about it as long as you're teaching those details. Um, now to go into the younger group setting. Um, yes, I do. I think I try, I don't, unless like, like you just talked about, uh, I have a few clients, uh, that I really work out individually and then the rest are all groups. And if anyone tries to inquire, uh, about a private session and it's a younger kid, um, I do not, I do not do it. Even, you know, even if the money for the private session is good, I try, I say no and I decline it. And I say, we got to put, you know, so-and-so in a group setting because again, that's where, you know, especially, you know, younger age, they need to be able to figure things out. They need to be able to, again, you know, aside from basketball, all my closest friends are through basketball. Yes. Um, yes. You know, so, you know, when these kids are coming up and if I just had, you know, you stick them in private training, they're never going to, you know, they're not socializing with anyone they don't need to so I, I really don't i don't need to socialize with them i mean i can build a relationship with them but these kids need to be through the game socializing with one another you know yes and i think when you're talking about younger kids putting them in a group and aside from what you're going to be working on from a basketball standpoint you know and again we can i could go through the list of what i i would work on with those kids at the end of the day it's about them just socializing and for me what i what i've had in the past is i've had young kids in these groups who are now say i had them in fifth grade now they're juniors in high school and they've worked together in the same group setting and maybe we've added you know different you know new new players have come into the group but the fact is is that these kids have grown so close to each other through the game that it doesn't matter what I even teach them with basketball. That's it right there is the fact that they've developed a relationship with someone, you know, that they didn't know before they stepped into the gym for the workout. And now say whatever it is, six years down the line, they've been in the same workout with the same kid. And now they developed this relationship. That's someone that they're going to be able to, they're, they're going to know that person you know, hopefully 20 years down the line and you never know, you never know when you may need that person, when you may need to, you know, get a recommendation. You never know where they're going to go in life. And I think that's it right there is the socialization for these kids, you know, being a part of the game, you know, obviously we're going to, as coaches, you know, we're going to teach them the things that they need to improve. But I think these kids nowadays, especially with, you know, them, sitting in the house playing video games or, you know, being on their phones all the time, getting these kids in a group setting where they can get to know each other, um, compete against one another. I think that's valuable and it brings a lot to them, you know, into, into their life. Um, I think it's, I think it's huge. Yeah. And, and I agree with that a hundred ten percent. My closest friends to this day, like you mentioned, are, are guys that I either played with or met through basketball. And I, I just, I get it a lot. You know, because you like kind of, you almost feel bad, you know, kind of tur not turning them away, but kind of saying like, you know, uh, I think you're better, you know, you're better off to come in a group, you know, but it's like you said, long term. I mean, I had someone reach out to me a couple of days ago and they wanted to, you know, come individually. And, and I was like, you know what? I think it was a younger kid. And I was like, you know, I think, 
you know, they may be better off coming to my group sessions and I gave them the schedule and, and all that. And they're like, oh, well, you know, they don't really feel comfortable, you know, like around like other people. And, and I, the first thing I thought was number one, how do you, how are you going to make any friends <laughs> like with that attitude? Right. Like if you, if you don't, you know, if you don't like being around people you don't know, or, you know, like how are you, I'm confused by that. And then number two, it's kind of like, well, it sounds like that kid really needs this then. You know, if they, they don't like being around people, you know, beyond basketball, I think they need to socialize, you know, with people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's yeah. huge because just in today's, you know, day and age, everyone wants, you know, individual, you know, private, no one else. And, and I and like I said, I could get it. But then, you know, it's kind of like at that point, you're really not helping the player. And I'm going to be honest with you, if the player's not getting any better, then you know I'm not going to be able to sleep at night because I know that I'm not doing my job the best I can. All right. So yeah, that, I agree. So that that that's just that's just kind of it, it's interesting to me. And everyone I've talked to has said the same thing that you just said in terms of you know when you're younger, you know individual, it really isn't the route to go unless, like I said, you have those kids that are pretty high level kids. And I and I like I'm the same with you. I have a select few of players that I do go you know individually with, but I don't really you know, advertise that as much, I guess you could say, because I don't really think that long-term that's going to be the most beneficial for them. Yeah. I mean, if you got, if you got kids that are ahead of the curve and there's things that you can teach them that they'll understand for, you know, obviously looking towards the future, then I think it's been, you know, it'd be beneficial to have them in a private, but if we're talking about, you know, kids that really need to focus on a little bit of everything, you know, from footwork to, you know, repping out stuff and then obviously allowing them to compete because again, kids, you know, you don't see kids out in the playground anymore. I remember when I was growing up, I mean, used to go play 21, two on two, one on one, wherever it is at the park. I mean, you just don't see that in this day and age. So when we have the available resources where, you know, kids are coming into our gym, you want to make sure that they're playing and that they're competing against one another because I think that is, you know, and there, there's a balance between working on your skills and then there's also a balance on where they need to compete and learn how to play basketball. Um, and I think that, you know, if we're not utilizing that that setup for when kids walk into our gym, especially in a, when it, we're talking about groups, then we're, we're not benefiting them. We're not going to help. That's not going to help them improve if we're – you know, if we're not allowing them to just play because they need to play. And I think because you don't see it, you know, kids aren't out on the playground anymore playing, you know, no one's unless everything's organized these days. And again, obviously that's great for us as player development coaches, but um, you know, but again, like if that's the case, if it's going to be like that where, you know, kids are going to be showing up for organized stuff, then you got to make sure that they're playing. You got to make sure that you're teaching the right things, and ultimately, it'll help them grow as a player. Yeah, no, I and and I agree with that 110. percent It's just like you mentioned too with the idea of not playing. I was talking to someone the other day, and we were talking about uh, like going to play pickup and going to do things like that. And you know, if if kids do play, it's it's bad basketball, which isn't helping. You know, I mean, I I go and I right. go to. Uh, work out at a different, you know, if I'm depending on, you know, the day, but I work out and I'll be, you know, lifting or doing whatever. And I'll look inside the gym and there'll be kids playing, but they're messing around. And it's kind of like, that's not worth it. You know, what I mean by going and playing is going and playing good basketball, (laughs) you know, like playing with guys that are good, not playing with kids that aren't good. And then you doing, you know, God knows what, and, you know, developing bad habits. Cause ultimately I truly believe that that could make you worse. 
And and yes. I I mean if if you're if you if you do this move against a kid that can't walk and chew gum at the same time and oh it worked against him and then you're in a game a high school game and you try to do it and then you get ripped it's kind of like right uh well why did why'd you do that oh well, it worked against you know the kid at the Y well yeah. you know that why are you playing with kids <laughs> at the Y I know growing up I was talking to someone the other day about um like playing with older guys. I played, you know, pick up with like 40, 50 year olds when I was in high school. And to this day, that helped my development because I didn't have guys like me. You know, I, I worked with different coaches and a lot of people helped me. But as far as like situational games and the details that go into it now, like how much player development is evolving, I didn't have guys like me. So I learned like how to read screens and how to move without the ball and how to, you know, correctly space the floor. I learned all that from playing with those guys. And unfortunately, yeah. You know, you don't have that nowadays, and, and I wish that players did, and and I encourage players to do that. But like you said, it it hardly ever happens, and if it does, it's it's ugly basketball. Yeah, I tell kids all the time to uh, you know when they talk about you know wanting to play and all that stuff, I say the best place you can go to play is at seven a.m. at you know the outdoor courts. You know, here in the summer because that's where. You know, you got guys in their 30s, 40s, or younger, yeah. and they're going to know how to play, just like you were just talking about. You know, they're going to know how to play, and if you ain't doing the things the right way, you're going to hear about it because there's one thing that they're going to do is hold you accountable, yes. and I think that's that's great for young kids uh, because, again, like if they're just, you know, they're just outside playing, you know, with each other, you know, obviously no one's – they're not going to hold each other accountable. They're just going to be, you know – playing fooling around and uh one of the best quotes i've ever heard is expression you know is uh you know if you're the best player at the gym go find a new gym yep you know because you're not going to improve if you're playing against kids that or uh you know anyone that's you know not as you know not as talented as you so you got to go find another gym where you're not the best and you're gonna have to figure out how to compete and really be able to take your game to the next level yeah, and, and and that's the same thing feeding off that is if I have a good player that's local, you know, and, and they're around me and, you know, it's whatever, I tell them, all right, we'll go drive a couple hours and go somewhere else, go, you know, go to a different open gym because right. I, I right. think that's like a, a super humbling experience too because I get, I mean, I, you, I, I, I see, you know, and I, I see and I work with players that are good, local, good, and then they drive an hour down the road and, and they're not that good. You know, like, and, and I think that's, you have to do that. You know, that's not saying you, you're not good. That's just saying, like, you're, you're good for this little area, you know, the, the area you're in. You know, drive down the street, you know, drive a couple hours, drive to Pittsburgh, you know, drive to wherever, and, and then go kind of see where, you know, other talent is because you're, a, you know, big fish, small pond right now, but once you get out there, it's going to be a whole eye-opening experience. So you have to you have to get out there. You have to play. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. But so my last question for you, you know, before we wrap this up, I didn't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, something I always like to end with: uh, What is one non-negotiable thing that that you do every day that isn't basketball related? Uh, you're talking about strictly just for myself. Yep, yep. J- j- I mean, it could be something big, could be something small. Like it could be like a routine you may have, but kind of something that isn't basketball related. Because obviously, we know, you know, as player development coaches and as you know, lovers of basketball, I guess we could call ourselves. You know, we do a lot of stuff with yeah. basketball. But it, like, what is kind of one thing you try to do on a daily basis to kind of get away from that? Um, 
Yeah. I, <laughs> well, <laughs> to end on this, the biggest thing for me, I live by, and I think you know this, is uh, I'm big on the term Kaizen. Yes. Um, and that means that's the Japanese term for uh, continuous growth. And obviously, I use a lot of it, uh, you know, towards basketball. But again, basketball isn't everything. Um, so I try to apply that to every little part of my life. So every day I wake up, non-negotiables for me are, you know, obviously I try to grow as a, be- you know, to be a better coach each and every day. But the non-negotiables for me are, are to be, uh, try to be a better son, uh, a better boyfriend each and every day, um, you know. And hit those areas because I think, especially for myself, family means the world to me. And, uh, you know, if I, you know, again, we get so wrapped up sometimes I can get wrapped up so much, you know, in times with basketball and what I'm doing, you know, I can't allow myself if I forget about my family and making sure that they're doing okay and make sure that I'm communicating with them each and every day, you know, whether it's, you know, having a five minute phone call with my mom or my dad or my sister um, I think that's extremely important, whether I have to send them a text just to say, have a great day. And then obviously, you know, being the best boyfriend I can be, um, you know, to my girlfriend, making sure I'm taking care of her, uh, making sure that, you know, obviously that I'm su- supporting her and whatever's going on for that day or for the week. And I think, you know, for, you know, especially for myself, you know, I can definitely get caught up in everything that's going on from a basketball standpoint. But if I allow those things to slip, um, I, you know, this basketball thing doesn't work for me anyway. So that's the two, those two areas right there, family. And then obviously, you know, my girlfriend and then in, in those parts, you know, outside of basketball, that's everything to me. You know, the basketball side is just obviously, a bonus. And then obviously being able to do it for a living is obviously a blessing, but none of that, you know, the basketball, it don't work without the support of your family and not, you know, your friends and then, you know, and then my girlfriend. So, uh, making sure that, you know, that I'm there for them, I'm supporting them and I'm there for them every day is a non-negotiable, um, just because they're everything to me. And, it's the only reason that I'm even, uh, you know, I got myself going in this basketball thing. So yep. it's, it's huge. Yep. Yep. And I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I love that. Cause I, I don't think people, even the sacrifices they have to make, you know, cause I know that like, if you want to make, you know, basketball a full-time job, you know, especially as an independent guy, it's, you know, it's hard. I mean, there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot of hours you put into the gym, some things you may miss, be late for, you know, have to leave early, whatever it is. It, you know they're sacrificing a lot too so i think that's huge too so i'm happy you hit on that that was a great answer but before i let you go kind of tell people where to find you on social media and you know anything else you want to get out there because i know you're really active on everything and uh you're a really good follow so just kind of make sure people know where to find you and then uh anything else you want to uh kind of wrap up with yeah uh it's uh try to trying to i'll have to spell my last name it's uh you know, Instagram, you know, I just put, I put out content, uh, you know, everything that basically that that's where I put a lot of my stuff on Instagram and then Twitter. I put a lot of stuff that I'm doing in the gym with my players. And then obviously I hit on, you know, different updates and things like that, that I got going on. It's, uh, at M Shaughnessy 11. It's, uh, M S H A U G H N E S S Y 
the number 11. Um, so they, you know, you can find me there. Uh, again, I'm just about trying to put out good content for everyone to look out and hopefully it, it helps you. It helps whether it's a coach or player, it helps them, um, learn something new. Uh, and again, just to, to finish it up, it's obviously been great chat with you, Anthony, uh, you know, and then just touching on a bunch of different things from a basketball standpoint. Um, but again, I can't, I can't hit on the word, you know, putting Kai, the word Kaizen into your life. Uh, I think, you know, I first heard it in, in college and my coach obviously spoke on it a lot. And then obviously a bunch of different, uh, programs use it now. Um, but just trying to continue to build and continue to grow each and every day, you know, so from a coach's perspective, trying to, you know, grow and get better, you know, every day as a coach. And then obviously outside of that, trying to get better each and every day you know, as a person. And then obviously, you know, whatever relationships you have, you know, son, daughter, you know, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, husband, wife, whatever it is, you know, just trying to get better in those areas each and every day. And then obviously from a player trying to be better as a person, you know, and then what you got going on in your life. And then as a student, because you can't play basketball, you can't play any sport without being a great student. And then obviously, you know, being the best, you know, trying to get better each and every day as a player. Um, I think uh, if people try to, you know, again, if they try to apply that to their life each and every day, uh, you know, you'll see a ton of progress, um, not just on the court as a coach or player, but off the court as well. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really, really appreciated you taking the time today to to talk some basketball with me, and I appreciate you know everything you do in terms of putting out the content you do because you're just about you know like you just said, simply getting better and and helping others do the same. So I appreciate you know you taking the time, and I'll definitely keep in touch and keep following what you got going on. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem, Coach. Have a good one. You too. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Ultimate Improvement Podcast. If you guys want to show your support and, and be the first to know when new episodes are uploaded, I'd appreciate it if you'd head over to Apple Podcast and, and subscribe and leave us a review. Uh, lastly, I'd really appreciate it if you guys would follow me on all social media. So my Twitter handle is at Anthony underscore Pew 2 and my Instagram is at Anthony Pew 2 and that is Pew, P-U-G-H. Thank you very much for your support, and we'll catch you in the next episode.